Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And today is a first here on the Rambling Runner podcast. I have a co-host. Welcome, Laura Pierce. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. This is going to be so much fun. So I really appreciate you coming on. We did a little call to action uh, over the past week, week and a half. We asked for people to submit their funny running stories and email it to me at ramblingrunnerpodcast at gmail.com. And we were not disappointed, Laura. Uh, No, we definitely were not. (laughs) This is fantastic. So we got a number of stories. Unfortunately, because we got a decent amount, we're not going to be able to read them all. Um, No disrespect to people who... uh, who submitted them, and we're not going to read them. We might actually do this again at a later date, so maybe we'll be able to include you then at that point. But with that said, um, I'm so excited for this. And, Laura, you you have a story prepared too, right? We're not going to start off with it, but you're ready to roll with your own too? I have one. It's um, it's quite old, and it took a bit to remember it, but uh, I think I think everybody will get a kick out of it. So, All right. I'm excited. I'm excited for that one. We'll, we'll, we'll throw those in there. Um, probably me and you do ours at the end. Um, Sounds good. We'll get, we'll get to the, get to the people's first. So we kind of went through this beforehand. Um, but we didn't talk about each story yet. So we kind of went through like the order we wanted to do it. So I want to keep it like fresh. So we'll kind of hear it at the same time and then react after each story. So the first one, basically everyone who submitted a story agreed to, to basically not be anonymous. So like, First of all, kudos to everybody who did that. Like, it was pretty brave to throw it out there and be like, yeah, here's my name and my Instagram handle. You know, feel free to follow me after hearing this embarrassing story. (laughs) It's really brave. Like, I probably would have been, like, super anonymous and probably would have, like, died a little bit on a couple of these. But I'm really proud of especially the, the ones who are my friends. Like, you guys, you guys are the real MVPs here. (laughs) <laughs> no kevin durant's mom it's not you it's it's, 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 it's laura's friends who've submitted embarrassing stories yes all right so let's go so what we're gonna do we're gonna start off with our friend jess hodgson ig handle at runner underscore jess jess is a consistent listener to the rambling runner podcast so i appreciate jess chiming in so we'll start this one off all right also laura i need to tell you this before we get going i didn't share this with you in the intro but this this is this is uh this episode's going out to my sophomore high school English teacher who after hearing me say like the introduction to the play seventeen seventy six proclaimed that I should never read in public again. Oh gosh. <laughs> so, so thanks to you, Mr. Roland. I do I'm gonna call you out by name. Thanks to you. Hopefully I don't embarrass myself as badly this time as I did when I was sixteen years old in high school English. Let's see if you can redeem yourself. All right. Let's do it. All right. So this is Jess. All right. So the one that stands out in my mind the most is as follows. My running adventure began at age seven in a large department store while on vacation. I had an obsession with treadmills. While my mom was browsing, I decided to try out a treadmill to kill some time. Again, at age seven. Anyway, whomever had used it last had left the dial on the highest speed setting. So as I was starting to run, It just gets faster and faster and faster until I'm literally holding on for dear life on the front grab bars as my feet are now dragging on the belt behind me. I was panicked and could not get the belt to stop. Someone came over and finally shut it off. The aftermath was me on the department store floor, my knees in one shin bloody to a pulp. I still have the scars on both knees, unfortunately, and the experience, um, I'm sorry, the experience didn't keep from turning into turning me into a runner slash marathoner slash triathlete. Lesson gained: don't go all out. Don't go all out in the first two hundred meters. Get a warm up in. <laughs> so, I mean, the lesson learned there is, I mean, something we all can take to heart. You know, don't go out too fast. And when I read this, all I could think was, "Wow, this really like pays homage to the term treadmill." because that sounds absolutely horrible. And it also sounds like something you would do at the age of seven when you just don't know any better. I This sounds painful as hell, like I'm not going to lie. I and know, just, right? It's like, like, oh, like the worst rug burn you can ever experience. It, it gives me chills thinking about like the visual. And at age seven, like 
props to you, Jess, for even like getting back on a treadmill at any point later in life, because I would be scarred for the rest of eternity. I mean, you're literally scarred, apparently, with your knees, but I would be scarred mentally for the rest of my life. That's a good point. You basically would have like a watered down, like runner's version of PTSD after that kind of experience. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Um, this, this reminds me of like when I was in, I think I was in high school. I was at like the local YMCA and we had like a, a kind of a fitness room slash weight room in the basement of the Y. And like every basement is just like, you know, it's like, you know, solid, like concrete bricks kind of surrounding like the, the outer edge. And it was painted white to look nice, but we all knew you're basically like in this, like in this cage for, for lack of a better term. And this woman had gotten a treadmill next to me and she basically reminded me of someone who was like just getting started with running in the sense where like she probably had never been to a gym before. And maybe like, you know, it might've been January for all I know. Maybe it was like one of the people who get like, like the New Year's resolutions. Like I'm going to work out. I'm going to get on the treadmill. She gets on and this poor lady doesn't know what she's doing. She, all of a sudden she steps on the side and her back leg, pulled by the, the treadmill and she just shoots right off the back. No. Into the brick wall behind her. And I it's like it was this horrifying experience. Like I'm like saying it kind of jokey now because like she ended up being okay. But in the moment you're like horrified. You're like, oh my God. And then like it set off this like chain of events where like three other people turn to look at her and then fall off the treadmill too. So it was like <laughs> this whole row of people go slamming into the wall and you're like, what is going on in here? That actually reminds me of a time when I was at the gym and I was using the Stairmaster, except I had just gotten there and I wasn't actually using the Stairmaster yet. I hadn't turned the machine on yet and I still managed to fall off of it. And I don't to this day know why, but I just, it's so clumsy that I fell off of it. Everybody turns to stare at me and I'm like, well, this just happened. This is perfect. And you know, bruised ridiculously on top of it. So lesson learned there. Don't use the Stairmaster either. So do you, do you get back on the Stairmaster after that? Or do you just try to play it cool and move on to another machine? No, I got back on it. I guess, <laughs> I guess that's like, you know, you're pretty tough then. For me, I was like, I I'm, a, I'm a total to. whip. I'd be like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go play basketball. It was, like, it was like, I just got there and well, I might as well just get this over with. I mean, everybody's, I'm already like super embarrassed. So what's the matter at that point? <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, that's, that's true. All right. True. So we'll, let's move on to, uh, to number two. All right. Number two. So this is from Jonathan Greenwald. Um, IG handle run the sticks. I think we're all pretty familiar with Jonathan. Um, and here is his story. Last winter, I was running with a group of friends in Kleinberg, Ontario, and at the end of the run, there's a steep winding road. I pushed on ahead of the group, and when I looked off in the distance to my left, I saw this massive black animal. It scared the crap out of me, and I was frozen in place. After watching it for a few moments, I was convinced it was a black bear, not uncommon in the area. I did a 180 and ran back down to my friends yelling, black bear, black bear. Everyone stopped running immediately. After a few moments when my friends, one of my friends slowly made her way up the road to look and laughed out loud. The black bear was actually a Newfoundland dog. It was huge. <laughs> my friends gave me crap about that for weeks. <laughs> this is great. Like I, First of all, if, if it was just a huge dog, that would probably scare the crap out of me anyway. Like, I right. would feel like I would still hold my ground if my friends were like, dude, that was just a Newfoundland dog. I'd be like, story holds, man. I'm still glad I turned around. <laughs> I mean, I think we all have like a, do a running and dog story, right? And Jonathan's just happens to be one that is a, a dog that is about three times the size of like a normal human. So, I mean, fair mistake, but because it's Jonathan, I have to give him absolutely as much crap as possible for this <laughs> and and also kudos to Jonathan of course running ahead of the group and separating himself because he's ridiculously fast I mean this is just gold it's ridiculous I love it but I also have to question some of John I have to question how good of a friend Jonathan is here as I'm reading the story <laughs> and I can't help but notice after seeing a black bear his friend is like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go check it out anyway. And he's like, yeah, 
go ahead. Check it out. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> you know, you actually make a really good point there. Um, but it all worked out. <laughs> yeah, luckily it worked out, right? This, I, see, I, I feel like I'm always running by critters in the fall and the spring. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'll run on this bike path, and there's always a ton of squirrels kind of, like, darting back and forth. So after a little while, you just kind of get numb to it. And then what ends up happening is, ultimately, and it always takes me by surprise, no matter how many times it happens, all of a sudden, it's not a squirrel. All of a oh, sudden, no. it's a skunk. Yep. yep. And you're, like, you know, frozen. At least I am. Like, So it's, it's, you always hear fight or flight, but I feel like, for me, the third option is the one that always happens, where I just freeze. I live near a state park and it's actually where I run quite consistently and there are so many skunks there and it never fails that I run into one and I run in the early morning so it's pitch black out and so you'll see something scurrying off and you don't know what it is and then you get really close and you realize oh crap I'm in for it and I've gotten really lucky but I feel like my time is going to run out soon and I'm going to be making that like text into my boss saying I can't come to work today because I got sprayed by a skunk on my run this morning (laughs) so so you haven't been sprayed yet no I've been really really lucky and I I don't know how long it's gonna last all right so here's here's a question of the day for the uh so a new a new another first here on the Rambling Runner podcast we're gonna do a question so if you want to comment on this one who will get sprayed by a skunk first, Matt or Laura? Because it sounds like we have the same experience as early runners, kind of like happening upon skunks when we're not expecting it and just getting extremely lucky. Oh, my gosh. Yes, we'll make an Instagram poll. I'm ex- I'm excited to see this one. Yeah. I um, <laughs> no, I feel, like, I feel like there's no way I don't. I feel like I'm absolutely going to. I guess win is not the right word here because if I get sprayed, I'll definitely be the loser on uh, yeah. different levels. But I feel like I'm probably destined to be first on this one. I I don't know. I see them so often, and I really, <laughs> really believe that my luck is running out, and I'm really terrified. All right. I wonder if – who knows? Maybe it will be a push. Maybe we'll get sprayed on the same day. That would be, um, that would be remarkable. There would be a really great friendship bonding moment. I'm really not excited for it, but no. I guess I guess we'll see what happens. That's a good point. Yeah, I'm no, not that I'm rooting for it by any means. <laughs> All right, so number three, we got Mackenzie Wilson, IG handle, IG handle, Kenzie Wilson, 25. So I ran for my college, and it was in an an urban area, smack in the middle of downtown Pittsburgh. We often traveled to schools far outside the city, roughly three hours away for our meets. One meet we traveled to, it was in Erie, Pennsylvania, where I'm convinced the weather is always rainy and windy and on the verge of a Midwestern monsoon, if you will. Side note. (laughs) I interviewed Sarah Turner yesterday for the Rambling Runner podcast, The Running Wife, and she detailed how bad eerie weather is. She literally went into like a whole diatribe about eerie Pennsylvania weather. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. It's that lake effect. Exactly. The lake effect. See, I don't know these yeah. things. Everyone's, everyone's, <laughs> you know, everyone's informing me of all these new weather conditions. All right. Anyways, we're warming up for our race and it's absolutely pouring. But as, but as we know, the race must go on. So, we're all on the line. My team, unfortunately, sporting white jerseys in the midst of this downpour, looking like we might be competing in our own wet T-shirt contest. Instead of saying, on your mark, and then shooting the gun, the official shot the gun as he said, on your mark. So we all take off like wet bats out of hell and then pause <laughs> as we know something isn't quite right. Well, I am notoriously clumsy, so I go down in the wet grass instantly, and the girl behind me keeps running, and I receive a swift blow to the back of my head. At this point, my friend is cracking up until she realizes it's not that great of a good th- it's not that good of a thing. Anyways, off we go, and girls are literally slipping and sliding all over and even off of the course. It looks like we're in a war zone after every downhill. Anyways, even when the bl- even with the blow to my head, what ended up being a concussion, I placed with a medal, and my coach drug us off the drug us off of this paradise that is the Lake Erie Lake that is Lake Erie in a rainstorm. For a team, quote unquote, picnic, just another day in NIA, NAIA paradise. Well, first off, Mackenzie, um, props to you for placing with a concussion because that is quite the accomplishment. 
second of the wet t-shirt contest remark just absolutely kills me because I can only imagine like this just sounds like every runner's worst nightmare to one I mean running in the rain like and especially racing in the rain just sounds horrible but on grass and sliding around like I don't I don't even understand how anybody could accomplish it it just sounds miserable yeah, see, when I was my sophomore year of high school, I ran cross country, and the state meet was exactly like this. It was like a horrible course. It was slushy. It was rainy. It was like very technical running course, but it was all mud. So basically, you know, we all technically like fell on our asses. It's basically what it amounted to. And it was just this awful experience. It's funny that you hear about this, though, because then like the people who run like OCR races, you know, obstacle course races, they mm-hmm. might hear this story and be like, you know what, man, not only does that sound cool, I want to like plan a race that looks just like that. Uh, you have a good point. And the funny thing is like, I would be so bad at OCR. Like I'm so clumsy and I would probably just get really confused and lost. And I just would not excel at something like this. So I would probably break down and just like, I don't even know what I would do. This just sounds really miserable. And I'm, I'm a little proud of Mackenzie for just looking back at the event and laughing her ass off because it just, it sounds ridiculous. Yeah. And you brought up a good point. Like, Hey, she ran this, this thing in a con- with a concussion, which also you wonder if that may have helped almost like throw caution to the wind, you know, like she's, she's like, yeah. she has her bell wrong. She may have not like, completely had her wits about her so all of a sudden she's like you know maybe doesn't even realize it but all of a sudden is like taking crazy chances end up working out probably one of those do not try this at home moments and it totally worked out for her there you go kudos Mackenzie. great job um my guess is that probably their, their next trip to that course probably would have planned a little better with the with the attire uh, yes. Yeah. Maybe not so much Girls Gone Wild. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Not yeah. not the best name for, for, uh, for a, a track meet or road race or a cross country <laughs> race. All right. So we got next, we got Brandon Brazelli, IG handle running underscore four underscore miles underscore and underscore miles. So running for miles and miles. Uh, underscores. That is a mouthful. Uh, underscores for miles and miles as well. <laughs> All right. So Brandon, Brandon, uh, threw three stories our way. I'm actually going to pick the best one, which is actually the first one. I love this one. All right. So first, Disney Marathon this past January, I needed to use the potty for half the race. I opted. First of all, I had to use the potty. I just want to, I was going to interject right from the start here, Laura. You know, yeah. I don't know Brandon too well. I never met him. I'm assuming he has kids. By this person. Oh, yes. I needed to use the potty. As someone oh, who yes. has little kids, I say that now. And I, Six years ago, I would have never said that sentence. Oh, yeah. He has kids. And to to interject as well, like, I'm not to that point yet with my two-year-old. And I'm really hoping to avoid it because the phrase just drives me crazy. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's going to happen within the next couple of years. There you go. I've I've, <laughs> I've I've changed it to, to to basically saying party, but saying it fast. So I'll tell my son, I'm like, let's go pee pee in the party. There you go. So I don't know if this is going to lead to any negative effects in the future, like 20 years from now. But <laughs> I'm, just, I'm trying to make it sound exciting. I mean, it's working. It's just, I don't know where, where he's going to go with it. Yeah, there you go. All right. So to, I'm sorry, Brandon. We'll pick this up from the beginning again. All right. So Disney Marathon this past January. I need to use the potty for half the race. I opted to the finish. I'm sorry. I opted to finish the race. I eventually found my family and chose that time to enter the porta potty. To make a long story short, I was unable to stand up from the seat. Peering through the door to try to summon help from my wife to no avail, I, I decided to, to be brave. My options. I can roll out of the porta potty and hope I can pull up my pants up, pull my pants up mid roll. Or I can use my arms to grip the open door and pull myself up while also holding onto the urinal. Ever resourceful, ever resourceful, I was able to use the second option to stand upright, but the door was open, so I fell out anyways. Hands <laughs> are up though. All right. All right. I mean, you just, I don't even know where to start with this one because one, if you know, if you know Brandon, he's 
possibly besides by reference to Jonathan before as one of the most ridiculous people Brandon is up there as well and I have to give kudos to being able to even consider the option of doing like a tuck and roll after a marathon like what is wrong with you who who thinks that they can pull that off after 26.2 miles and pull your pants up at the same time are you a Houdini like what is that yeah, this guy sounds like basically like the running version of James Bond. I, I'm not sure I would go that far, but it's absolutely one of the most ridiculous visuals I've ever, I've ever like seen here. And the, the best part is that if you follow Brandon on Instagram, and this was before I followed him, but I've heard all the stories, he had a porta potty like outside of his house. Um, I think his house was like under um, a remodel or something. And he would post all of these ridiculous photos um, with him and the porta potty as his running photos on Instagram. And it's, it's just really funny that this ended up happening um, after the fact, a little, a little ironic that he ended up kind of getting stuck in one. Yeah. Given all of his experience. That's a good exactly. Point. And I don't think that we like having that much experience in porta potties as runners because, I mean, at one point they're great and they're clean. And then there's always just that one person that just completely messes it up for everybody. And then at that point, it's just the most miserable experience pre or post or even during a race as, as possible. They're just miserable little things. And I, oh, like, I hate them so much. And, and once, and once, it reaches the point of no return. Like there literally is no going back. Oh, it's just miserable. Like Marine Corps, big races like that. Um, it, I, you just go in there and you just hope to make it out alive. I'm still not quite sure why the door was open in the story. I, did he like, does he have like really long arms or he just, oh, well, I mean, they're not, they're not that, that big. He must've just like opened it and peered out. Right. Okay. Yeah, maybe that maybe that was it. Because it almost had like it almost sounded like he had the ESP going. He was trying to like, you know, kind of like mind meld with his wife to come and help. Peering the from door. the door, <laughs> <laughs> so he just must have like pushed it open a little bit. And I don't, I don't know, I don't know where he was going with it, but I'm still in awe of the tuck and roll option because I don't get it. Yeah, because then you also had to think, like, all right, so he used two hands to get up. So basically he got to the point where he was up and not quite falling over yet, where he had to then, like, swiftly pull up the pants. Like, that's a quite – that is some fast hands. <laughs> like, that you really got to be able to move quick. And maybe it's, you know, it's like the act of desperation to get the adrenaline flowing a little bit. But you got to think that he was probably, like, on his way down, still pulling the pants up. Like, it must have been, like, just getting there in time. It, it must have been something like that, probably like an out of body experience. And I, it's and my hats, my hats off to you, Brandon, for even being able to pull this off. And also, we're just really happy you got out of the porta potty because you're you're a good friend, and, and we enjoy your posts. There you go, exactly. Right? That, that would be a whole exactly. new, that'd be like a whole new Instagram handle, like Tales from the Porta Potty. You know that Brandon could just be. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that Brandon could just be. You know, kicking to kicking our way ever since January. I mean, I think that we all probably have a nightmare porta potty story, and I don't know if I want to be a co-host on that podcast <laughs> because ill. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure we all have one, so it's something to keep in mind. And we've all been there after the after a marathon or a really hard race to have like our legs lock up on us. I know for me, it was like driving back from several different so both of my marathon experiences i drove home after the race and then also after a 10 mile race that's like the last weekend in august it's always like 90 degrees plus humidity and in each of those you're like i swear to god the cramping in this car ride is worse than when i was running yes The, the car ride almost always ends up being worse than the race itself depending on on what you have going on after um, I feel like I've gotten not stuck in a porta potty once, but I have like a story. I think I, I think I was trying to change in a porta potty once and I couldn't get 
my shirt off properly. And so I was stuck in my shirt in a porta potty after a race. And I was thinking to myself, this is where I die. What am I going to do? I think that was after, I think it was after the glass city half marathon last spring. I was there with a friend and I don't even think I ever told him what, what happened and why it took me so long in the porta potty. I'm sure he just made his own assumptions, but now it's like all like a flashback. So thanks Brandon for, for bringing that horrible memory up to me. I made it out just so we're all clear. <laughs> and then, that that must be that must rank pretty high up there on the scale of like worst ways to die. Like you hear like drowning or in a fire, but I think death by porta potty would it's, would have to be pretty high up. It's it's high up there for sure. All right, oh, here man. we go. We got, all, okay. right, all right, enough of the porta potties, at least for now. At least for now. Okay, well, let's move from porta potties to just um, we'll say like a kind of a potty on the go. Uh, this is from my dear friend, Abigail, who is Abigail Key on Instagram. And this is her absolutely hilarious story, which I've, I've heard before, but it's my absolute pleasure to read it all to you. A few miles into running Mountains to Beach Marathon, I started feeling like I had to pee. I kept telling myself, it's going to go away. Just don't think about it. But instead of going away, the feeling of needing to use a bathroom just got worse and worse. Mind you, running down a mountain, the porta potty availability isn't as high in numbers as it would be, say, at Disney World or bigger races. So if I was going to go, I needed to do it when I saw a porta potty because who knows when I'd see another one. Mountains to Beach was my second attempt at qualifying for Boston, and I wanted it bad. So I just told myself the urge to go would go away. I contemplated it and decided I was not going to stop for a bathroom. Unfortunately, around mile 18, my old lady bladder could hold no more. And as I put one foot down, I said to myself, did you just start to pee? Which was then followed with my thought of, oh, yes, this is really happening. So at this point, my bladder is full. I'm too scared to let it all come out at once because I know if I do, my tennis shoes will be sloshing urine for the next eight miles. And I wasn't letting anything get in the way of my BQ. So for the next four miles, I slowly allowed myself to pee a little bit at a time. All I could think was, I sure hope those runners behind me just think I'm a really heavy sweater. When I crossed the finish line with a three-hour 30-minute, 17-second BQ, go Abigail, and went to hug my husband, all I could think was, we're going to Boston, and immediately followed that up with, I peed my pants, so you might not want to hug me. <laughs> I'm di- I'm like suppressing laughter during the entire story. I'm, I am dying on this one. I don't even know what like, to jump off in terms of like, commentary. There's so much. There's, I mean, this is, I think, probably everybody's worst nightmare during a race because there's always that huge moment of like, do you stop to use the bathroom or not? And Abigail went where none of us really think we're going to go, but she did the damn thing. (laughs) My God. I just, I think I'm like amazed. I think the first thing that, that struck me when I read this was that she had the bladder control to spread it out over four miles. She ran three 30-mile pace. That means she literally held it and parceled it out over a half an hour. That, I I don't understand. I mean, one, running a 3.30 marathon in itself is amazing, and you should be incredibly proud. And to do it while using the restroom, (laughs) I mean, that is a level of skill that I don't have and I don't know if I want to have either just so we're clear valid point that's very yeah. true yeah it is interesting to think about what the other runners must have think been thinking or noticing at that point I would think at the later stage of a half of a marathon I'm barely coherent I can barely recognize what's going on on my own body Right. Never mind other people. So I have a feeling that no one else knew. But yeah, you got to wonder, right? Because if, if one person notices, then like the jig could be up. Like you'd be like the mortification that would ensue. 
would be mean, something awful. This is just a testament to how much like anybody wants that BQ to put yourself through that and to know that there's probably people who are noticing and you don't care. And that is amazing. Um, I, I, I mean, I couldn't do it. I would probably just have to like stop off somewhere. And I understand not having a porta potty to use, but I just don't think I'd have the self-control like that at all. Yeah. You're right. You also wonder if like, if, if she wasn't like she obviously was like pretty close going into the race of like how close she would be to the to the Boston qualifying time, right? So she must have been thinking like I have no time to spare, Mm-mm. right? I can't waste a minute peeing on the side of the road. I gotta just keep going. I think the best part is just the very end when she's informing her husband, <laughs> "You might not want to touch me," because normally after a marathon, it's like you're gross, you're sweaty, you you. You just, depending on the conditions, you're probably covered in, like, salt. But in this case, poor Abigail is covered in salt and pee. And it's like, yeah, you maybe don't want to touch me. I know, right? Because it also kind of sullies the, the, like the, the finish line experience, right? It's like, you've, you've reached this huge goal. You've trained for a month. This is an amazing thing. This might be the highlight of your running career. And what's the first thing you think about? Oh, it's about wedding your fans. Yep. <laughs> oh, Abigail, not only am I awed by your bladder control, but also your ability to share something in public like this. I am, Abigail, you're one of my dear friends, and I just have to laugh at this so much and at you because it's amazing, and I'm so proud of you for sharing it, but also more proud of the BQ, just so we're clear on our friendship. Um, definitely more proud of the BQ, but this is a close second oddly enough, and you should just be really proud of yourself for sharing this story, but also the bladder control. That's that's something to be really, really proud of. For sure. And, and as you said, this probably isn't something that you want to, like, master. Kind of like once No. Like... Yeah. Let's not repeat this yeah. ever. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> but good job, Abigail. You got that BQ. You ran a faster marathon than I ever have. So, hey, I'm not going to criticize you. You're doing great. <laughs> All right. So we got Janelle, Janelle's Instagram handle, run the number four days with three S's, run for days. Hi, Matt and Laura. I'm not sure if this is funny, but it's definitely an interesting story. So I'm part of a huge local running club, and we train and race a lot together. This past July, I kept saying no to a half marathon that my club was doing because, one, Pennsylvania humidity in July, duh, and two, I was going to be working for five days, 12 hours a day, Monday through Friday, the week before the race, which was on a Saturday morning, and I knew I'd be exhausted. Of course, the week of the race rolls around, and on Wednesday, of course, I decide to sign up. So fast forward to Saturday morning. I have my alarm set for 4.30 a.m., and I wake up at 6.40. Sun <laughs> streaming through the window, and oh my gosh, shit, I missed the race. I was supposed to meet with friends at 5 a.m. to carpool to the 7 o'clock race together. I have, a, I have a dozen missed calls and texts on my phone from my friends wondering where the heck I am and texting them back. I sucked through my alarm. Sorry, I missed the race. Next thing I know, one of them is calling me and telling me to get my butt down there um, because the race is not chip timed. And my friends are going to leave my bib on the windshield of their car. So there I am. Speeding to the race, which is 45 minutes away. Stopping at a Walmart to pee before parking. Needless to say, my warm-up is jogging around the parking lot, probably adding extra miles to my race, trying to find their car with my bib on it. I finally head to the start line, which is deserted, and I start the race 25 minutes late, literally the last runner. The few volunteers that are still left at the starting line tell me to follow the painted white arrows on the road and that hopefully... I'll make the first water station. Hopefully, it's freaking 90 degrees outside. I follow the arrows and finally catch a glimpse of the first water station packing up their truck on the side of the road. And they see me and say, want some water? First time I've ever had personalized water service at a race. I actually stop to chat with them and they give me a bottle for the road. On I go. I don't actually start. I, I don't actually start packing, passing walkers for another two and a half miles. And, of course, everyone has something to say. Did you miss the start? Did you miss your alarm? Yes and yes. 
This small town marathon is actually one of my favorites because of this experience. It's a miserable, hilly race in the middle of the summer, but all of, but all of this comes down. I'm sorry, but all of this town comes out on their lawns and hands out their own water and drinks in addition to the official water stations. And it's necessary. There are even some alternative beverage stations handing out Sour Patch Kids, shots of vodka, and Prosecco. I stopped for a photo. Finally, hold on. Finally, rounding to the finish, my friends at the finish line go nuts, not yet knowing that I actually made the race to, made it to the race to run it. The volunteers recognized me from the start and can't believe the time I came in. 2.18 on the clock or 1.55 on my watch. It's not a chip time race, but who cares? Some races are just for fun, and this one, sorry, this one, I'll never forget, and I'll do it again this year. Uh, I want to go by the alternative beverage station. That's the obvious. That's the obvious jumping off point on this one, right? Uh, for sure. How do I get that? Because <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> I think these should be. These should happen every time I'm running late. These alternative beverage stations. Oh, no, no, just every time you're running, oh. not even running late, just every time you're running. That's, you, you don't even, yeah, this is perfect. This, that's like, the, that's the aid station I need to see at every single race. So what's, what's the preferred alternative beverage for you at the alternative beverage station? Not just ones that she mentioned. If you were going to have like the Laura Pierce alternative beverage station on a race or on a run. So it would more than likely just be a beer, um, just like a nice cold beer on like this hot, humid day that she mentioned. That would be gold. Or it would be my college shot of choice, which was Goldschlager. Oh. oh. <laughs> <So> oh. <laughs> it was so bad, but it was so good. That's like, that's like, has like the, the, the opposite effect. Of the beer. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I'm well aware of this. So, so would you would you chill the Goldschlager? That's what always we did. We threw it in the yeah. freezer. Yeah, you always put it in the freezer. Otherwise, okay. it's just not good. Right. I mean, because it's so good, frozen. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it makes it so much better. It, it, no, that, that's absolutely true. You know what I think they would need is one of the, the ice funnels. Oh, yeah. So you get the ice funnel at the alternative beverage station, and then you can have, like, your your drink of choice to come down the, the ice luge. I mean, so you get the ice luge. So you get, like, the coldness around your body and your face. You can maybe give a little hug as you're preparing. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of cool the, the core body temperature down, you know. But I like I like the gold slogger, the cold gold slogger through the ice luge. I think that does sound good. That's gold. I think we should just make our own race with this. And also probably another aid station where there's just a keg and then you get special points if you can manage to do a keg stand and then keep running. Okay. So, so a little like the beer mile, but then it kind of points for style by doing the keg stand. Basically. I think this is like a chance for all of us to like relive our college days while still partaking in the functions of, of running that we love as an adult. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Because I, for for me, the alcohol, the alcohol in college, like, want, made me want to run. Like running home from a, like coming home from a party, like I would I would be I would feel like the juice is flowing. I'd want to run home. Oh yeah, like all that adrenaline, and you feel on top of the world. And then the next morning, it's like, what the hell was I even thinking last night? But that moment, you're like, I'm a runner. This feels great. Yeah. Well, also kudos <laughs> kudos to Janelle here. For going through with the race, I mean, I've got to be honest with you, a 45-minute car ride leaves a lot of time to reconsider your options. I don't think I would have made it. I mean, it, it's, it shows a lot that um, the fun race that she wanted to participate in and to be that late and to be that exhausted working those 12-hour shifts, like, you know, that's like a big congrats to you for even making it and running a sub-two half. Yeah, like, there that's you go. amazing, Janelle. Janelle, and you know, stopping for photos, stopping to talk to the water station folks. You know, this is, you know, 155, but like, you know, with an option for faster. I'm a little disappointed that you didn't partake in the alternative beverage station, but I understand that you probably were just really exhausted. Or maybe you did and you're not telling us, in which case I would really like 
you to follow up on this story and let us know if you actually did partake besides just the photo, because I'm genuinely curious. Right. Because, I mean, that's what makes that would make the photo so much better. Yes. Right. It's like, like a someone shot. grabs your phone and takes a photo of you partaking in the alternative conversation. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there you go. All right. So, all right. So we're going to do one more story and then we're going to break into Laura and Matt's finest or, you know, so to speak. Hopefully it works out. People like what, people like what they hear from our stories. But we got a long one here from my friend, Lindsay McSwain. Lindsay, um, no offense. I did kind of, I did cut a little bit from the story. It was long. Lindsay, I love this story. It was actually 1500 words. So I did have to cut a little bit. <laughs> But I love you, and uh, I do appreciate you sending it in. Uh, Lindsay's Instagram handle is Runneria. It's R-U-N-N-E-R-R-H-E-A, which I never really thought about until now. With all the poop talk, reminds kind of sounds like diarrhea. <laughs> it's like this what's on the brain right now um, with this, with not only not only with this episode, but actually with this story as well. So let's get into it. So from Lindsay. My very first marathon was the St. George Marathon. So three weeks before the marathon, my cousin Jenny and I decided to run our last long run on the course. So I packed up my stuff to go, and I thought I might as well take an extra headlamp just in case she forgets hers. So I drive to her house, and my husband's truck to pick her up. About five minutes in, I ask her if she has her headlamp. She says no, so I boast about how I brought I brought an extra one, and, and she can borrow it, and I'm feeling all good about myself for, you know, bringing that extra headlamp. So about an hour and a half into the drive, Jenny has a panic attack and yells, I forgot my shoes. And I say, your running shoes? She replies, yes. But since she had lived in St. George for several years, she got online and Facebooked a few friends to see if she could borrow a pair of their running shoes um, for that day. And since by the time we got to St. George, all the running shoes would be closed, she really had to rely on her friends. She did have a friend message her back that would have a pair of shoes available for her to borrow and that she would just leave them uh, by the door for her to grab. So we stopped by Jenny's friend's house and she left not one but two pairs to choose from. Jenny grabbed both pairs and decided to try them on in the morning. So the next morning, the 4.30 alarm goes off and they wake up. So unlike Janelle, they, they, they heeded the alarm. They were up out of bed. So we got up, grabbed our stuff to go. Jenny packs a bunch of toilet paper and says, I have a toilet paper just in case we need it. I ask, what do we need toilet paper for? Which is hysterical. Um, side note, <laughs> I've never actually packed toilet paper, but after this story, I'm going to start doing it. So, And she said, well, if we need to poop. And I was like, what? Who, who poops outside? That's disgusting. She shrugs her shoulders and says, well, just in case. So we get dressed and we have purchased matching Lululemon lemon camo tanks and shorts because our inside joke is when you wear these can you see me can you see me when you're wearing this attire as jenny was finishing getting ready i open my bag with my shoes and i say uh jenny i think i brought do you know i'm sorry jenny and i said do you have your friend's shoes i think i brought two left shoes by mistake we sat and laughed our asses off for 15 good minutes and to stop ourselves as we were getting as we were really running behind she took the white. She took out the Nike shoes with no cushioning, and I took the black shoes that were either lunch ladies' attire or were some form of army combat boots. We grabbed our headlamps and finally left. We dropped our waters on the course and and parked behind a big tree. We both decided we need to go number one before we ran. So we got out of the truck, both do our business, and hurry back to get in because it was so cold. But when we get back into the truck, this awful smell was in it. I started making fun of Jenny, blaming her for passing gas and asking her if she needed to use some of that toilet paper that she brought. She couldn't smell anything. I told her she was lying, and there's no way she couldn't smell such a gosh-awful smell. And all of a sudden, she smells it, and it reeks, and it's completely <laughs> overwhelmed the whole truck. We are crying because we are laughing so hard, and I turn on the car light and find it. Apparently, runners do poop outside. We, we go out there. When we went outside to do number one, we stepped into fresh human poop. I'm oh my god, so fresh. I'm surprised we didn't see them run off after they did it. <laughs> Gag. And then I had, when I had gotten back into my husband's truck, I had smeared it all over the WeatherTech mats on the floor. 
And now we're running late. So we grab our headlamps. We get ready to run. We turn them on, and Jenny's doesn't work. Can anything else go wrong in this trip? We decide that I'll run in front since my headlamp is working. We start running, and Jenny is telling me she can smell my poop shoe. It stinks. So she, so she decides that she's going to run in front. All right. So we stop and take a drink. I try to rub off my shoe on everything to clean it off again. Jenny finds a tree, uses her toilet paper, and asks me if I need any. I kindly decline and remind her once again that I never I never have and never will go outside. So we continue to run, and the run is going well. We are smoking it. But we get to mile 15, and my tummy starts grumbling. I tell Jenny, and she says, she says you still have some TP if you need it. Repulsed at the thought, I tell her to hold on to it and continue three miles until I can't hold it anymore. Now, if you've ever run the St. George Marathon, you know there are a few there are, are few trees and bushes at the start, but when you get closer to the end, like mile 18, where we were, where we are, there are no bushes, just some small boulders and shrubbery. But I can't hold it, so I ask Jenny for the teepee, and she holds me, and she gives me one square. <laughs> I look at her and say, "What am I supposed to do with this one square?" And she shrugs her shoulders and laughs and says, "That's all she has left." She decides to run ahead, and I tell her I'll catch up. Meanwhile, I'll find somewhere to hide and go potty. There it is, go potty. And this is another, this is another mom. But there's, but there's nowhere to go. It's a good thing I'm wearing camo because people won't be able to see me. I'm good. So I find the largest <laughs> rock and bush I can find. I squat and literally say out loud to myself, this is so disgusting. I can't believe you're doing this. And then right as I start to go, number two, a biker rides up behind me and calls on your left humiliated i jump up and pull my shorts i know he saw my bum and then some mortified i yell at him that i hope a rock gets caught in his spokes i run to tell my cousin all that has happened and we laugh until we cry and poor Lindsay then gets subsequently gets hurt on the on the rest of her run and then misses her goal time by about 10 minutes in the next in the upcoming marathon So, so. <laughs> this was a long one, very detailed, and I'll say, I don't, I don't even know where to start on some level because the friend leaving one square, I guess is what, that's my first thing. If you're the friend, why not just utilize, utilize the one square when you were going? Why even bother saving it? Yeah, I mean, who's going to use one square that makes absolutely zero sense? Why would you even carry one of them, like, with you? I mean, I just, that's where I, I just don't get it. And can I just have a side note here of, like, I can't believe how many of these stories involve, like, using the restroom. <laughs> what is it with runners and using the restroom? I, I mean, during all of these stories, it makes up, like, 70% of them. And also, there's several stories that weren't included in this episode that also included poop. <laughs> it, it just it plagues us all. I, I, this one, I mean, there's just so much. And I think the worst thing is probably the stepping in, in human poop because you just don't come back from that. I mean, that's like a big woe that I just I, I think my whole day would be ruined because it's pretty disgusting. And I think big is the opt- is, is is the word of choice there because human poop <laughs> is huge. Oh my god! It's oh that's so it's so disgusting. And to get it all over your car floor mat, I mean, that what about the ride home? Oh, that's the thing. She then sent me pictures as the circle. It stopped <laughs> at one of those like like um car washes where you kind of pull into the garage, you kind of spray the car down yourself, you kind of put the quarters in, you get the big spray gun. So they took all the weather tech mats, kind of put them all down on the ground, and it just started spraying the crap out of them. Because remember, they have like a three-hour car ride on the way home. Oh, that just, I mean, we already discussed how miserable it is driving home after, you know, a, a marathon or a long run. But to drive home in a poop car <laughs> has to be the worst. <laughs> Oh, I know. When I first heard the one square part, I swear, like, the one time that I watched the show The View, I think this was, like, 10 or 15 years ago, Rosie O'Donnell was on it, and she was commenting on this thing where, I guess, Cheryl Crow has said that people needed to start conserving for the environment, 
you know, it was very like making this big green push and said that people should only use two squares of toilet paper when they go number two. And Rosie uh, had like had like this field day about how, how absolutely ridiculous that was. And to quote her, what do you think two squares is going to do for my ass? <laughs> that's like when I heard this story, this is the first thing I was thinking of like, who in the world thinks that's a good idea? But um, with that said, I just can't imagine running 20 miles with a poop shoe. I don't even, I, yeah. I, I can't even like walk like the distance of my front yard. I like have to like kick my shoe off. I step in my dog's poop. Yeah. I, it's, it's a huge, huge props. Like everybody here just gets like, you know, all the huge props except for Jonathan with the, the bear turned dog. Um, <laughs> but you know, everybody like persevered through these like ridiculous events and a lot of them involve poop or pee. And I'm, I'm really proud of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So props to you, Lindsay, for sharing this. <laughs> obviously, you know, mind over matter. Uh, on this one, on a lot of levels, and your poor friend, who then had to like run behind yeah. you, and kind of like at that point, you must worry that like, you know, say you run behind somebody, like if you're close enough, like you know, like the rocks and pebbles that kind of like skitter back your way, do you worry about the poop flex coming <laughs> off? There's just so many weird possibilities with that. That it, what a what a horrible run, and they got through it. <laughs> Oh my goodness! All right, Laura. So we're, I think we're ready. Okay. What's the Laura Pierce? What's the oh, Laura gosh. Pierce story? I mean, honestly, there's a, there are so many um, that just like started coming back to me once I started thinking about these. But I'm gonna throw it way back to 2013 before I ever was posting on Instagram. There's no photographic evidence evidence of this. Thank God. Um, so I was training for the Lincoln Half Marathon, um, and it had been a really particularly bad winter that year. And so I was living in a really small town in Kansas, and it was surrounded by all these great country roads that were, like, these perfect little, like, square miles. So I had, like, the best training grounds ever that I actually, like, look back at fondly and want to get back there and run because there's so many great hills. But anyway... Some of the roads were not in the best condition, and after the winter hit, um, some of them were pretty muddy. Um, so I went out for what was supposed to be like an 11-mile training run, and I decided to take this new route, which was my first mistake. Um, so I run by this farm, and there's all these, like, basset hounds in this um, like nice, like fenced in kennel area, except two of them are loose. Um, and they start coming at me and I can tell they're friendly. I mean, they're like basset hounds. It's like, it's all good, but they start running with me and I'm like, no, no, you, you go home. I don't want to be responsible for you. <laughs> and they just keep following me for like three miles. They stayed with me. So I, meanwhile, I notice that the road just keeps getting muddier and muddier and I just keep going and I'm thinking to myself, this is a really bad idea. You should probably turn back. But you know, when you get so far into a run where you're just like, no, it's fine. You'll, you'll be fine. Well, um, that's when I finally <laughs> stop running because I get stuck in the mud <laughs> and the dogs are just like, Laura, what the hell's going on? And I'm like, you guys, you just got to go. Like, I'm miserable. Just just leave me alone. So I finally, like, get out of the mud. And I am here in mud, just covered shoes. My legs are covered in mud. I am miserable. It's like this disgusting March day. And I just figure out how to get to the closest, like, road uh, possible to be picked up by my, my husband and called it good and to this day I just it's why I kind of hate spring sometimes so much in the month of March because that's what we're in right now because I just think back to that moment where I'm literally just standing in this country road surrounded by these two dogs who won't leave me alone and I'm stuck in the mud and it was the most ridiculous experience ever and I am so grateful I was not on Instagram the end 
Well, also great hold that <laughs> happened 10 years earlier. Imagine you didn't have a cell phone. Oh my gosh, I know. I mean, I, I managed to get out and I like hobbled over to like what was probably like the, the driest part. It was single-handedly one of like the, the lowest and now the funniest moments of, of running that I've experienced because you just, one, you can't like recycle, like you can't come back from it. Like my shoes were just trashed. Oh God, it was so bad. I'm like I'm picturing these dogs looking at you the way like the runners looked at Forrest Gump when he stopped running. You know he's, he's yes. like, running cross country and he just stops and he just like walks through them like the back the way he came. They're looking at him like, "What the hell, man?" Well, no, and I literally told them, "It's time to go home. Go home." <laughs> like I I'm not responsible for you. I mean that was that was the the like the second worst part is I've got these two dogs following me and I'm like, I can't take you home. Please go back to the place you came from. Cause I really wanted to like, just try to run back and like deposit them with their owner. But I just wanted to get the hell out of there mostly. So what, so did you know where you were? Like, did your, how'd your husband even find, find out like, well, where to go? I, I ended up making it um, back to like the main road. So then I found out like the clo- like the the road name, and then just like the the cross section, and like he ended up finding me and picking me up. Thank God, because I did not want to run after that. And the dogs are still there to this day, waiting to resume the run that you made. I I can't remember if they just turned back at some point, but we parted ways eventually and i never saw them again because even when it got nicer out i never ran by that farm ever again because it was just it was so too many flashbacks that's a great one no 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 poop in that story so that's no poop but just so we're all clear that's really good that's really good all right I right. have to hear yours now. All right. So mine is, is absolutely about running. However, it does have a basketball component in that um, this is actually a basketball slash running story. So if people listen to this podcast know um, I, I'm a basketball player first and I turned into a runner second. So my freshman year of high school, at the end of our freshman season for basketball, I played on the freshman team. My best friend and I got called up to practice with the varsity because their season was longer. So they were still practicing and playing games when the freshman season had ended. So we were so excited. This was like the best day of our lives. So our our varsity team was really good. We were one of the best teams in the state. Granted, it's Rhode Island. Hold your snickering. But we were one of the best teams in the state. So we're really excited. So that day, I'm decided, all right, I'm going to go get some brand new shoes. I can't, I'm so excited for this guy. So I went out and got like the newest Fila basketball shoes. Now this is, this shows you how old I am. So Fila. Like, Fila. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> That's exactly right. So it was, it was the, <laughs> if anyone out there remembers this, it was the new Grant Hill Fila basketball shoes that I picked up. So I was so excited. This is going to be the best day of my life. That's what I decided. So we go in, we line up um, on the baseline before practice. I'm just kind of following everyone else's lead. I don't really have, I have no idea what's going on. I know who all these guys are. I know who the coach is, but I've never even watched a varsity practice before. So I'm just kind of like get the, trying to get the lay of the land. So we walk in, we're all lined up, and it's like five minutes after practice was supposed to start. We're all just standing there, like nothing's happening. The coach isn't there, and our best player, who's like a 6'8", center who goes on to play division one basketball isn't there either but i know he was in school that day so i finally look around like hey what's going on so they say that every day the center gets weighed before practice and he has to lose weight every day and if he doesn't the whole team runs so so a minute later the head coach comes walking in and with the center the center has tears coming down his face (laughs) he's like this he's like six eight six nine three hundred pounds so he's like, and he's like emotional. You're like, uh-oh. Everyone starts like kind of like shifting their weight, like uncomfortably, like they know what's coming next. So I have no idea what's coming. So first thing is the coach says a, a, a chair, a folding chair at each corner of the basketball court. And we are instructed to run, quote, as fast as we can for 10 minutes around the court. So oh basically God. it turns into like a, like a one and a half mile time trial with all of us bunched together 
sprinting and making like these 90 degree cuts every at every corner for 10 straight minutes that we do that that was the warm up that that was that was the warm up for the day and then we then proceed to go sit on the baseline stand on the baseline again and coach takes the ball rack out and he punts every single ball against the the, the back wall yelling at the, the uh, this poor kid yelling at the player because he wasn't losing weight so he's punting the ball, screaming stuff like, you're fatter than Oprah. I can't believe this. <laughs> Doing these awful things, these awful things. He didn't last that long as a coach. Spoiler alert. Spoiler I was just going to ask. Uh... <laughs> Spoiler alert. It wasn't a great situation. Anyway, um, so that happened. That's like our rest break. Then he lines us all up on the sideline, and we all have to shoot a one-and-one. One. So for people who don't know basketball, you basically go to the foul line, and you take a free throw. If you make it, you get a second free throw. So that's called the one and one. So we each get one. We each get to shoot that. So if you miss a shot, that counts as a sprint that the team has to do. But if you miss the front end of the one and one, that counts as the team has to do two sprints. So this is the varsity, the JV, and us two from the freshman team. There's roughly 30 people in the gym. So we go through the whole group of people. All right. And then we go through that whole same group of people again. And then we go through the same whole group of people again. So we get to, so ultimately we have to run 54 up and back sprints as fast as we can. Oh my gosh. And I'm sitting there. I had these brand new shoes that had never been broken in before. I'm dying. And then, so we have to do these. You have to do an up and back in 10 seconds. And if you don't, it doesn't count. And we have to do them 50 four times so Matt. this practice started at seven o'clock we got home that night at ten forty-five p.m that was the longest running day of my life i've never been more tired i think every single person on that court threw up that day at least once and, and i will say that that is my worst slash funniest running story it's only funny in retrospect because it was so bad that you kind of revel in how bad it was after the fact. Like, can you believe we experienced that? And just some of the one-liners this coach had, when he wasn't being cruel, he was funny. So he would say some things that you knew were, like, over the line. But some of the things he actually said were pretty funny. So um, that's my three-hour, 45-minute sprint story. I mean, it's, like, on par with a marathon time. So you just were sprinting, which sounds absolutely miserable during it, but – all good. I just think the best part's the Fila's personally, because God, that's a throwback. Yeah, right. I don't. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened to the the whole Fila brand. That that was a pretty short lived experiment with the basketball shoes specifically. But even as a brand, that didn't last too long. No, no, it did not. The, did your coach get like fired the next day, or how much longer did he last? He lasted a couple years. Oh, good for him. He did last couple of years. There were there were some there were some things that happened that I, I will not be able to share in public <laughs> in terms of his funny stories. He did sit <laughs> down one time for a Saturday morning practice and gave us a whole history of how basically he, this was in nineteen this was nineteen ninety seven nineteen ninety six it's one of those years. So he was he was hot on Y two K. So he was had watched oh, like no. some sort of like crazy documentary. This is before Netflix. So I don't even know how he came across it, but he sat us down to quote tell us a quote unquote. Let me tell you about a little man called Notre Damus. Oh no! Meaning, of course, Nostradamus, and proceeded to tell us for two hours how the world was going to end in three years. That was that like that was a great practice. Like there was no running in that practice. This was the same practice where one of our guys showed up late. And told the coach, "Hey, coach, your your lights are on in your car." This week showed up like an hour late to practice, and the coach goes, "Oh, don't worry, they turn off automatically." Uh. <laughs> so we're all just kind of looking around, and um, yeah, that car didn't start to practice. So you guys had like basketball practice slash doomsday prep, which is really helpful um, for high school students. I think maybe jury's out on that one a little bit. That's a good point. We, we yeah. were prepared for all situations. We did run outside in the snow several times in our practice gear. Like we were, we were prepared for all seasons. Hey, that prepared you for for this winter, right? Like 
he was just setting you up for later in life. I, all my successes are due to him. <laughs> I mean, he sounds insane. Moral but... of the story. <laughs> have a have an insane basketball coach in high school. The key to the success. Moral of the story. Yes. I'm surprised. I'm surprised I haven't read that on LinkedIn. The key to professional success. <laughs> you, there's still time to add it. It's all good. There you go. They're just waiting for me to write it. That's all. Basically, I'll, I'll be I'll be right there. Okay, so this is. Thank you so much for doing this, Laura. I had a blast. We've been doing this too. We're like well over an hour now. Um, I know this was so much fun. So I apologize. I know that last story wasn't all that funny. It's kind of like an inside joke story on some level. But I felt like all of my funny running stories were the same as the running stories that we read, which were great. Thank you so much for submitting these, everybody. I really appreciate it. And Laura, if you're up for it, maybe we can do another one of these again in the future. We'll figure out another uh, another topic. But this was a I was love a hoop. it. This was so much fun. Yeah, I'm totally game. All right. This was great. Thank you so much for everybody for, for sending these in. And then I'll say this. If you're listening to this this show, the best way to comment on this episode, if you have good ideas for themes in the future, is to leave a comment on my Instagram profile or on the Instagram post for this episode, um, or send me or Laura a DM or an email or whatever, uh, and let us know what you think. Um, there's a lot of different ways to send in comments or feedback or whatever. Either way, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And for everyone out there, happy running.